Hello everybody and thank you for joining me for a new episode of The Daily Optimist. Today is Tuesday in October, where I am in the Northeast it is cold and rainy, and it's wet, but I still found a way to make sure I went for my run this morning. It wasn't super wet, thankfully at that time, but it has increased since. But I still got my workout in, which is good for me mentally and physically. Hopefully you had a chance to do whatever workout you like to do in the morning to help you start your day, help you get things going in the right direction. There is uh, a lot happening in our world, as always. Uh, I'm going to talk specifically about the U.S. today for uh, most of the stories. I try not to stay totally U.S.-centric, but uh, because it is where I live, it is mostly where I um, see the, most of my news. It's um, the the true nature of um, what I read mostly. I do my best to try to stay up on stories across the, the world so I don't seem like I'm just a U.S. only type of person because I don't believe the U.S. is the only country and I don't believe that uh, other countries aren't worth time and, and money and effort and my uh, my knowledge, they all are as well. I just currently live in the U.S. and currently there is a um, precipice that I am hoping we get over and as things change and grow there may be news stories from around the world that I share more often so if you are not in the US thanks for uh, listening and dealing with me being mostly US centric I appreciate that and I try to like I say expand my knowledge and I will continue as the show progresses wanted to get that out of the way make sure you know that just because I don't talk about your country doesn't mean I'm, I'm not trying to pay attention. We all can do better. I'm working on it. Alright, so I'll get to my stories in just a moment. But of course, my name is Elijah Manning and you are listening to The Daily Optimist. My first story comes from a group of prominent Christians from uh, both sides of the aisle, if you will. What that means is they are Democrats and Republicans. Those are the two main parties that we have in the U.S. Um, But they are from both sides. They are trying to put together a PAC, which is a a political action committee designed um, to help people that are you know christian basically uh, understand why their support for for uh, the current president may not um necessarily fall in line with christian values and um i appreciate that because there is a giant swath of people in in this country that are incredibly religious which is fine i'm not saying you can't be but when you claim to be, you know, super religious, but you also support the man who uh, 
has mocked openly, you know, uh, um, disabled people. He has um, clearly shown racism. He has clearly shown um, classism. He has shown misogyny, xenophobia. If you are a Christian, and remember a Christian technically means a follower of Christ, and Christ was all about uh, including everybody and giving everybody a place at his table and um, his desire to, you know, reach out and help everybody, his fellow man. If you are specifically Christian and you support Donald Trump, I, I question what is it you're supporting? Is it the fact that, you know, back in July area when he cleared out protesters with tear gas and then went across to stand in front of the church and held up the Bible to, to pretend that he was doing it for religious purposes? I don't even understand that. Um, so this group is working to put uh, ads together to make people take a look at it. And they're calling it the not our faith and you know it is um urging these supporters to truly understand um basically what i was saying like how you can support a re-election campaign from somebody who has such hatred um for other people and uh, there was a survey that was taken by the Pew Research Center after President Trump's um, photo op, and it was 72% of white evangelicals, there's the word, sorry about that, 72% of white evangelicals approved of his handling of the job, and it's remained that way over his presidency. But um, this new PAC is hoping to reach and appealed to a diverse coalition of Christians, just as we anticipate a diverse coalition of Christians will oppose Donald Trump's re-election. That is what they are saying. Um, I also have an interesting thought on religion, and it goes to a lot of these people who um, are also like staunch constitutionalists and, you know, religious they they do basically what you're not supposed to do because there's supposed to be a separation of church and state but if you are a stout constitutionalist and you know then you would know that there's supposed to be a separation of church and state but yet at the same time a lot of the values they want are religious values so I'm just not sure how that works. Um, I just, I'm not positive. I haven't had a full conversation with somebody on this, and I guess that's my fault. I probably should, and hopefully I will at some point, because that's just a fascinating conundrum for me. So I just want to mention that, uh, you know, if you're for the separation of church and state, then you can't be for the church running the state at the same time. All right. Confusion in my head. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you have an answer. I don't know. The second story I want to talk about is 
I don't know if you all saw, but over the weekend, I think it may have been Friday or or Saturday. I think it was Friday. Of course, the day after I stopped the podcast for for the week, um, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, was um, the involved. No, she wasn't involved, but there was a plot to kidnap her, basically. So she was um, because of her, you know, stay at home or stay at home orders, her mask orders in Michigan, and uh, Trump's touting of how you know he she has to open the state back up um these people were plotting to kidnap her and put her on a quote-unquote trial new report comes out today that says they had also possibly discussed kidnapping virginia governor ralph northam who trump also basically told to open his state up as well so it's interesting, two states that Trump cried to open up are two governors who were possibly in the crosshairs for these militias. Now, I want to talk about these militias for a second. So I don't know if everybody knows the story of the Black Panther Party. The Black Panther Party was a black militia back in the 60s. And their whole thing was to help out the black community that they felt was being pushed aside. Um, You know, this is, you know, around the civil rights era. So they felt that, you know, before um, the civil rights was actually, you know, put in place, that there was not enough support for black communities. So the Black Panther Party was um, reaching across the country to, help out black communities all over the place and um they were also they also exercised their second amendment rights and you know they carried guns and basically they were destroyed by the fbi because they were looked at as a threat because they were a black militia they were even um went up to california courthouse or state house and with their assault rifles and that is when california had a ban on assault rifles and the nra backed that ban that was the first and only time the nra backed a ban of assault rifles because black people were holding them all right so i say all that to say this now the fbi is monitoring these current militias that are doing this so We had militias in the past, many years ago when the country was being founded, militias to make sure that the government was not taking all the power and, you know, um, crushing our rights. Then you have the Black Panther Party militia. There have been militias throughout. I'm just highlighting a couple. Black Panther Party militia that was dedicated to helping, and they were crushed and destroyed. But you have other militias that we know of as the Proud Boys, and they're watched as a terrorist group. But I don't know if they're actually helping anybody. And this, these folks who got arrested, these, um, I think it was 12 people, who got arrested for these uh, plotting to kidnap governors, they're involved in militias. So I don't know what we're supposed to think of a militias at this moment, because the Proud Boys are another militia. 
and the Proud Boys are open, open, uh, openly racist group. Now you can say that they're not racist because they've had a couple of black members, I believe, but they're pretty much an openly racist group. You can find plenty of articles that talk about how they're openly racist. But they're allowed to maintain being a militia. I don't understand where we're headed. Why why we're having such a hard time with um, white supremacy in this country. We can't call it out from the highest position in the land and from our president. And um, there are many places that actively work against getting rid of white supremacy. Small towns to big cities to the country, the leader of our country. And uh, supremacy in any state, uh, not physical state, but in any idea, is uh, a pretty atrocious one. Nobody should be supreme over anybody else. And I have a hard time with this. And uh, until until we no longer have a president who basically roots these militias on, we're going to have a continuous problem. Even though we're going to probably have a continuous problem, even if we don't, that just probably won't be as mainstream. I'm not sure what we can do other than not allow them to be mainstream. The FBI should always watch them and always be ready for them to make some kind of terrorist threats. But um, it would be nice also if we didn't have somebody who cheered them on and uh, basically supported them. Just my thought. All right. Enough of that. I'm going to come back in just a moment and we will talk some positive news. I'm looking forward to that. My first positive news story comes from the World Food Program, the WFP, that has recently won a Nobel Peace Prize for their quote-unquote efforts to combat hunger and bettering conditions for peace in conflict-affected areas by seeking to prevent the use of hunger as a weapon. So, in 2019, they have provided assistance to uh, around 100 million people in 88 countries who are victims of acute food insecurity and hunger most of whom suffered because of war and armed conflict. So, they they have uh, set out to hunger. And they say, uh, especially in the time of coronavirus pandemic, they say, um, until the day we have a medical vaccine, food is the best vaccine against chaos. So, they have been doing work in uh, South America, Africa, they have um, started in 2000 um, when they 
uh, like really got going with the UN Security Council adoption of resolution 2417 which was um, addressing the link between conflict and hunger and urged um, people to help ensure that food assistance was to reach those in need and to condemn the use of starvation as a method of warfare so they are obviously going to be able to continue this work um it's obviously not just a nobel peace prize it's so much more than than just that for the work that they're doing to um get food to these areas that are in dangerous need of it and to help to uh not use it as a weapon um so hopefully they can uh gain some some more support and as it is a nonprofit organization perhaps they will uh, have new donors and uh, which will allow them to continue traveling the world and, and helping where they need uh, support mostly so again this is the world food program and nobel peace prize as they try to um, end using starvation as a method of warfare so thank you to the World Food uh, Program. I hope you continue your good work. I hope this puts a, a greater spotlight on the work that you have been doing and um, get you to more places that need help. My second news story is about a young, a young little boy who was seen walking the streets in St. Louis. Maybe you've heard this story. He was seen walking the streets of St. Louis um, with a dog that was kind of walking by him as like a protector a lady who was out walking her own dogs saw the young boy he's like he, he seems to be very well taken care of but he didn't have shoes on and no adult was around so it turns out the little boy got out of his house somehow and the so she started knocking on doors to see if you know if uh he where where he lived um some places didn't answer. Other people who did answer, they did not recognize the child, she says. And um, eventually the father saw it on a social media post, you know, where his son was at. So he was able to uh, make it to where his son was located and um, was able to reunite with his son. The lady who uh, found the, the young boy, she wished to remain anonymous. So... I don't have her name, but uh, thank you to her. And um, as she says, it is important that we stick together, that we help each other, that we go back to the things that our grandparents and their community used to do, that we build a sense of unity. She just thought she was doing the right thing for the community, helping out her community. So great for her. Um, and the end of the story goes... That little that dog that was walking with him was not even his dog. It seemed to be a stray pit bull that was just in need of some companionship and found it in this little boy and was willing to walk by him. Um, and the little boy took a liking to it and kept saying puppy, puppy when he was uh, reunited with his father. Um, but it looks like the St. Louis Police Department is now um, considering adopting the puppy or well he's not really a puppy adopting the dog so that dog was a protector that lady was a protector the young boy and this is a toddler we're talking you can see video of it <clears throat> they are uh, now reunited and 
Hopefully he doesn't sneak out again. All right. That is the positive news for the day. I'll be back in just a little bit with your positive step for the day. For the positive step today, it is going to be take a moment to be in the moment. Alright, I'll say that again. Take a moment to be in the moment. What does that mean? Life moves fast. There's a lot that happens all around us all the time. There's information that flies uh, right at our face, in our hands, uh, in our ears. There is always some kind of thing that goes around even as we're in a pandemic. Some of us are still in quarantine, but that doesn't mean that we uh, can't take that moment out of every day to actually be in a moment in a positive way. Reflect on where you are, what you're doing, you know, take a moment to be thankful if that's what it is. Uh, take a moment to just appreciate things. Um, life can be a series of battles. Um, if you're still living, that means you're winning. Even if you're not winning in all aspects, it means you're winning overall. Uh, and we lose track of that. We lose sight of that sometimes because we get bogged down by um, what life can do to us. But if we take a moment to be in the moment and reflect on it, enjoy it, allow it to inform our next decision, inform our next moment, we will be better off for it. We might be able to get through a, a problem uh, better. Um, it's not a time for you to, you know, sit there and dwell on negatives. It's not even a time for you to dwell on all your positives. It's just a moment to stop what you're doing. Realize that, okay, right now I am sitting down in a chair. I feel a little bit of tension in my left shoulder. I'm going to take a breath into that shoulder. I'm going to let that go. And I'm going to go about and do my next moment. And it could be having to get back to work. It could be going to eat something. It could be working out. It could be watching something. I don't know. Whatever you're doing. Just take a moment to be in the moment. Reflect on your body. How you're feeling in that moment. How your body's feeling. What, uh, what little changes inside you can make in a, just a specific moment, whether it's, you know, just holding tension, holding stress, uh, whether it's hunger pains or whether it's your desire to get up at that moment and, and stretch, whatever that is. Okay. Just take a moment to be in the moment. All right. I'll be back with your positive quote for the day. Quote today comes from Oprah. You know Oprah Winfrey, talk show host, television producer, actress, author, philanthropist. Her quote goes like this. Breathe, let go, 
and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure. I'll read that again. Breathe, let go, and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure. This goes right along with your positive step for the day. Alright, in that moment, you can assess yourself, your body, what you need at that moment, but also know that you have this moment. This moment is yours, okay? This particular moment is yours. And the more you do that, the more you can seize every moment. I know it's difficult, but start with one moment at a time. You got this. Get that first moment today. Maybe you've had more moments. Grab another one. You got it. Breathe. Let go. And remind yourself that this very moment is the only one you know you have for sure. Thank you very much for making it through another episode of The Daily Optimist. I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. As always, if you want to reach out to me, what you like, what you don't like, your favorite quote, share, positive news, anything, you can find me on Facebook at The Daily Optimist. On Facebook at The Daily Optimist. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at The Daily OptPod, at The Daily OPTPOD. You can also email me. I am the daily optimist at yahoo.com. The daily optimist at yahoo.com. Thank you very much. Please, please, please rate, subscribe, and share. Rate so that other, other people can find it. Subscribe so you never miss it. And share with somebody who needs some optimism and positivity in their day. Thank you very much. Until next time, everybody, please be well.